This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hey there, listeners. RetroZap has a new listener community on the Discord app, and we want you to join us in some fun discussions about Animaniacs, Star Wars, and other pop culture topics. Come on over to join the party with the hosts of this show, as well as hosts of other RetroZap podcasts. To join, just go on over to discord.animaniacast.com. That's D-I-S-C-O-R-D dot animaniacast.com. We'll see you there. And welcome, everybody, to episode 79 of the Animaniacast. And now, for your dining pleasure, I have prepared this little song. Once again, to the Animated Cast, we're the only podcast out there that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs, and here we explore the series episode by episode. We explore all the cultural references and gags that we can find, and in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my co-host Nathan, and one vigentic king size turtle dove. <laughs> Across the country, it's Kelly. I'm eating chocolate cookie dough ice cream. Mmm. Delicious, delicious. Of course, right now, everybody, just peek behind the curtain. We're recording this episode immediately following our 100th episode, which is, it's so weird to say, this is episode 79, and then last week was our 100th episode. It's weird, folks. I don't, you know, we've had special episodes, but, uh... Kelly has to get her cookie dough intake, you know, when we do these. I'm always eating when we're doing the podcast for listeners who probably didn't know because I mute, mute a lot when I'm chewing. <laughs> well, that's better than a lot of podcasts that I listen to. There are some podcasts I'll listen to and a person's chewing on the microphone. And then like, oh, no. and it's, and some people are into that, you know, ASMR audio, <laughs> but I certainly am not. So, uh, yes, we appreciate it, Kelly. But yeah, whether whether it's cookie dough ice cream or honeycomb or pretzels, it's you know there's, there's always there's always the snack of the day. <laughs> so, yep. Well, today uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, like I said, episode seventy nine of Animaniacs, which includes the segments "My Mother the Squirrel," "The Party," "Oh Say Can You See," or I should say that right, "Oh Say Can You See." There. And the 12 Days of Christmas Song. Quite an interesting combination of uh, segments right there. Um, but if someone were to ask you about this episode in a few words, 
what would you tell them, uh, Nathan? It's uh, Rugerlicious. <laughs> yes, it was. And uh, Kelly, what about you? It's like waiting for Godot. Well, I've never seen it, so I'll I'll just take your word well, for I it. I haven't either. I, I've, I've seen it on I've Broadway uh, with Sir Patrick McGuinness. What, what is his name? Patrick Stewart. Yeah, that, Sir and, Patrick. And, and, and the... <laughs> well, no, I I um I I I make the reference because I I've heard that it's a play that where they're waiting for a guy and like he never shows up, and nothing happens, and. Oh, That's spoiler sort of alert! The party. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> well, Sorry. yeah. Well, okay. Well, a double spoiler alert this time, though. It was a uh, no, <laughs> for waiting for Godot and the party. Okay, no, we're not going to take. I that. can't spoil something there, I've never seen or read. That's true. That's true. Well, I don't know. Not like I was going to go out and see Waiting for Godot anytime soon, anyway. So I really don't care. But anyway. <laughs> Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? Oh boy, okay. So this episode first premiered on Saturday, January 27th of 1996, which um, it's been about two months, I think, since our last episode of Animaniacs. And since then, uh, Father of the Bride Part 2 came out, Jumanji, Mr. Holland's Opus. Those were all released in December. And uh, this was just uh, one day after the musical Rent was given its first public performance at the New York Theater Workshop, which is uh, just another day after... uh, the creator died, unfortunately, Jonathan Larson. So, hmm. Well, Rent was definitely a very 90s musical, I think. It just has, <laughs> it just speaks to that. And um, Jumanji. You know, it was, a, it was basically a remake of um, La Boheme. Oh, I have no idea. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm, I just need to know more about the theater. This, this is why I did not major in theater when I was going into college. I loved it in high it's school. It's amazing what, what one will learn while studying for Jeopardy. <laughs> Well, Jumanji, I mean, of course, the sequel just came out recently. I mean, did you guys check out that at all? Is oh, it- yeah. I saw it twice in theaters. Twice in the theater? Well, yeah. I had the movie pass thing. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I guess you can afford to do that then. But you haven't but seen But now it? you can't see the same movie twice, right? Yeah, they changed it. So you can only see a movie once. They changed it right when Avengers uh, came out. The- um, How convenient. Right. <laughs> Well, yes, but yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, it, it goes right up to uh, it, it kind of takes off right where the last one uh, left off with like the beach and everything, right? So it uh, yeah, more or less. I think they kind of uh, they were speaking French in the original. <laughs> so, oh, whatever. Yeah, they're Americans. There's French Americans or something found it. I guess it landed in Canada. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and get into today's uh, episode. Let's start with, uh, well, of course, it did have a, uh, a a new variant verse that we haven't seen before, uh, which was Presidential Campaigny. Presidential Campaigny. Which seems kind of randomly placed. Do you think, like, it, you know, this, I thought, oh, is this going to be about elections, or did this, was this released in November? Um, neither. Neither. And then I thought with 12 Days of Christmas that, oh, this must have come out before Christmas. No, it came out after Christmas. So it seems like this episode might have had just a a mishmash of uh, various little segments that they just kind of put together for the purposes of this cartoon. It seems like they may have originally meant for it to air maybe around November or so. Maybe. Um, Yeah, I... Presidential campaigning and then the Christmas thing. I mean, that'd be right about the, the right time for that. 
it's it's a weird episode because a lot of the segments were already shown in like other they they did like a super episode i guess of episode 50 over the holidays where they put the uh the 12 days of christmas at the end and then that whole the party scene was also shown right on new year's eve i think of this year um as a special like super episode it's a it's a it's an interesting thing. I was looking into it. I couldn't find it much okay. on it. Okay, so back in the 90s, they were kind of like taking little bits of this here and there and then, and then adding mm-hmm. it. And I could see that, like, a, a new Animaniacs segment. You know how this they would actually do it back then. Stay tuned for a new, you know, Animaniacs section. Whatever they can get you to do on the Kids WB to stay tuned to watch a little <laughs> new thing. All right. And, of course, Animaniacs was so popular that it you, you didn't necessarily have to have a new episode every week. It was it was everywhere, and people ate up the even the reruns like crazy. So it didn't matter. All right, well let's go ahead and get into the first uh, segment, and this is called "My Mother the Squirrel." And "My Mother the Squirrel" was written by Tom Ruger. It was directed by Charles Vizier. And Nathan, tell us what happens here in "My Mother the Squirrel." Okay, well, um, if you remember back to uh, the Wild Blue Yonder, I think that was called. Uh, we have a the Bluebird. Is that what the, was that what the segment was called? I'm going to say it is. Yeah, well, um, it was Wild Blue Yonder. I think. Yeah. Perfect. And that one, he chases after uh, a B a B two bomber and thinks that's his mom. And this one, he realizes that it's not his mom, and instead, he thinks Slappy the Squirrel is his mother. Mama. Mama? Mommy? Mama! No, not Mama. Mama? Mama! No, not Mama. Confounded early birds, they ought to be muzzled. Mama? Mama? (gasps) Mommy! Just like in that episode, he abandons his nest and uh, starts chasing Slappy around. Um, and of course, Slappy wants nothing to do with him. Um, that is until she realizes he can uh, break nuts. And, um, just like in that episode, uh, Wild Leandre calls things Iggy, so he says Iggy, Iggy broke every time he breaks the nut. How about a nut instead? Iggy, Iggy, Iggy. Hello, little brother. Hello, little sister. Nah, not an Iggy. It's a nut. And you could eat it, too, if I could just crack it open. Eggy, eggy nut. Uh-oh, eggy broke. Yeah, that's the idea. Eggy, eggy broke. Eggy, eggy broke. Eggy, eggy broke. And uh, they live happily ever after. Um, and then it cuts back, and the little bird is now throwing shoes at his mother. That he doesn't know is his mother. It's his birth mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's, he's just like Slappy. So it's great. This raises the whole question of nature versus nurture in this cartoon. It's a very important psychological study. And as we can see, uh, nurture is uh, much stronger than nature. Because now this, mm-hmm. <laughs> this bird has become just like Slappy. And is throwing shoes. Just like Slappy did. Like, it's, you know, he says... I believe the exact same line that Slappy said at the beginning of the cartoon by throwing a, a shoe or something like that at this bluebird. Hey, pipe down, will ya? I'm trying to get them sleepy, you stupid. 
it, bird! That's my kid who said that. Well, when it comes to cultural references, I can't really think of much other than it was kind of cool that this cartoon had uh, not one, but two Ruger brothers in it. And uh, mm-hmm. so you had, of course, Nathan Ruger as the voice of uh, Skippy. And then Cody voices the little bluebird. And, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of cute at one point that uh, the little bluebird actually goes up to Skippy and says, hello, big brother. And Yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, big brother. Hello, little bird. I was like, oh, because they really are brothers. Like that is funny. Um, Brandomaniacs makes a, another quick return, and, and Skippy's just somehow getting through it. They get it for free. You know, it keeps getting delivered. They got this commercial deal where they get free Brandomaniacs for life, and you know, I guess you got to eat it. It's either that or acorns or walnuts every day, and you know, why not eat some? Brandomaniacs in between. So, Kelly, what were some of your favorite moments in this uh, Skippy and Slappy and Bluebird cartoon? <laughs> I um, I, I thought the Bluebird was really cute, and um, the way he said "eggy" when um, he was uh, looking at the what is it? What kind of nuts are they? Are they walnuts? I think they were the well, whatever uh, kind of nuts they were. Walnuts, chestnuts. I don't know. I'm not. Um, all I eat is peanuts. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not a cashew kind of gal, but, uh, I thought he was cute and he, the way he cracked them open and then slapped, he was like, oh, he's pretty, pretty nice to have around. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just, I just thought he was really, he was cute. <laughs> eggy, eggy broke. Uh, <laughs> so Nathan, what about you? Um, I liked uh, when when Slappy uh, tell, asks Skippy if he's wearing a, a Jewish hat. What is that called? <laughs> Yarmulke. <Yamaka. laughs> I know things. I know so many things. And Slappy? What? Can you tell me why there's a bird living on my head? A bird? I thought that was a new yarmulke. And it made me wonder if, if uh, Slappy is secretly Skippy's mother. Because... Uh, you know, it could be a little now. Now I have just said this thing because they call them big brother and little brother. You know, um, maybe maybe it's a it's a hint. You know, no. that's a totally new uh, Animaniacs a, head cannon right there. It's a new fan theory. So. I I think that fan theory stinks. Hey, I haven't I haven't seen Skippy's mother yet. So well, that's true. And even but... if I do, I can't prove that it's it's not a trick. I've well, seen soap dish thing. You can never kiss her! Of course I can kiss her! This is ridiculous! I can kiss who I want! No! You can't! You can't kiss her! Why? Because she's your niece? No, you nitwit! Because she's my daughter! And your daughter! What? What are you talking about? We're her parents! You and I! We're her mommy and her daddy. <laughs> I don't know what it is with cartoon, you know, parents. Like, sometimes you just never see some of them. Like, for example, like Goofy's wife. Yeah, sometimes I wonder, like, who's, Skippy, who's Skippy's mom? Um, But I don't know. I don't think about it too much. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, but Not like a raised parents, right? Yeah, exactly. That's... <laughs> that's Everybody a, cares about that. Yeah, exactly. It turns out that Skippy, he's nobody. 
his his mom his mom just left him for a uh, you know for some some wine and is buried. That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> Skippy's Skippy's parents have a pauper's grave on Jakku. No, I got to know. Okay, it was just a cute, really cute cartoon. I think. I think we can all agree that. I mean, just that that bluebird was just super cute in this and. Um, I know watching it with my wife, she did laugh out loud when that bird <laughs> became like Skippy or like became like Slappy, I should say, at the very mm-hmm. end, which was very funny. Stay tuned. Kids WB will return. Come, Vicky. Greetings, Persons Perusing Podcast. Are you looking for something a little different for your Star Wars themed shows? Then join millions of others who now proudly call themselves scoundrels. I don't think it's millions, Texas. It has to be close by now. After all the word of mouth and interwebs, nothing exists in a vacuum, Dennis. Space does. I'm not sure what this space vacuum you're talking about is. Never mind. So if you're looking for a unique show for news, hot space opinions, unique discussion points with our hypotheticals, or Texas' musings with Saber Clash, and tune into Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels with me, Dennis Keefley. Me, Jay Krebs. And me, your humble little Dark Lord of the Shtick, Darth Taxus. From failed bits to musical guests to dancing Wookiees, you never know who might drop by. You really never do. So start your engines, fire up your Sabres, hold on tight, and join us. For Starships, Sabres, and Scoundrels. Part of the RetroZap Podcast Network. Let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. And that, of course, is called... The party. And the party was written by Paul Rugg. It was directed by Charles Vizier and Kelly. This one has your name written all over it, I think. What happens <laughs> what happens here in the party? In the party, the Warner siblings are posting a party. And they send out invitations to uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff, Ralph the security guard, and Thaddeus Plotz. You and someone else are invited to a dinner party this weekend at the Water Tower. Please wear fancy pants. They give the indication that it's going to be super swanky and, you know, almost like a black tie affair and everything. And Thaddeus Plotz isn't really too keen on going because it's Warner siblings. And they tell him that, uh, well, Stephen will be disappointed if you don't go. And he's like, Stephen will be there? Oh, you know, I'd love to. I really would. It's just that on Saturday, I, uh, I'm i having something removed. Oh, shoot. Stephen's going to be awful disappointed. Oh, well. Goodbye. Stephen? Wait, wait, wait. Did you say Stephen's going to be there? Oh, yeah. Well, very close, you know. Oh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. And, of course, I'm watching this saying, whoa, Steven's going to be at a party. Yes, I'm going to be there, too. I can totally relate to Thaddeus Plotz <laughs> because let me find my best dress and, and shake his hand and tell him I love all his movies. So I'm excited. Thaddeus Plotz is excited. Everybody's excited. And uh, so then he tries to find a date for the party. And he goes through his little black book, apparently. And he's got a lot of names on it. And he starts off with, um, oh, Connie, Connie Selica, right? I think so. I've never heard of okay. any of these names that he mentioned. Oh, no, I've heard of Connie Selica. But, um, because oh. I think she actually was married to John Tesh. Oh, maybe. I could be, I could be mistaken. It was a long time ago yeah, that the first these one names was are Connie relevant Selica. to me. 
But um, because John Tesh used to be on Entertainment Tonight with Mary Hart way back in the day, so he was pretty um popular or well known. And um, but anyway, so he starts there and goes down the list. Minnie Ripperton, please. Oh, is Javon Gulagong in? Do you happen to know if Squeaky'll be paroled by Saturday? Oh, I'd love to go to a party. You can? Oh. Really? Wonderful. Oh. Then I'll see you Saturday. Oh. Goodbye. Plot, you've still got it. So everyone gets all dressed up. Ralph brings, I, I guess it's his wife. Um, it's not his mom, right? It's his wife. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although I, although I would, I would bet that his mom probably looks very similar too for some reason. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've seen his mom in an episode. That's why I was thinking wife, but or um, mom. But so he brings his date, and uh, they're climbing up the ladder to the water tower, and they knock on the door, and Yako answers, and they say, "Who are you? Why are you here?" And he looks real sleepy, and huh? Who are you? What do you want? Uh, isn't you having a, a party tonight? What? A party? Why, yes! Come in! Allow me to be the first to welcome you to our fancy dinner party. Allow me to be the second. I'll be the third. Here, have a napkin. And now, let's dance! And the Warner siblings are all dressed up. Wacko does indeed have pants. Uh, he's very proud of them with his pockets and zipper that he keeps pulling up and down, making people uncomfortable because <laughs> that's not acceptable party behavior. Do you like my fancy pants? I have two pockets in front and two on my fanny. Plus, I even got this big fancy zipper. See? Oh, my. And so uh, they, uh, they start dancing. Thaddeus's date comes up right behind them, and uh, he introduces her, and then she starts dancing, and then they sit down for dinner, and it's peanut butter sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and Dot even says sandwiches, which is hysterical because I say sandwiches (laughs) all the time, too, so I think that's funny, and uh, they are not impressed with the food at the party because Thaddeus thought it was going to be really elegant and, you know, a nice meal. And then they don't even have anything to drink. And, this, I mean, this is barbaric. What kind of... Can you imagine eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and not having anything to wash it down with? It's <laughs> awful. Like, peanut butter all stuck in your mouth and everything. I, I can only imagine. May I have something to drink, please? Sorry, we don't have anything. You don't have anything to drink? So they're not very excited And so then he's getting ready to leave And they're like, no, no, Stephen will be here soon and he, Oh, Stephen, Stephen's on his way And again, totally relate I'd, I'd be sitting myself down too Like, well, Stephen's coming to the party I'm, I'm going to be right here to meet him So <laughs> They're like, oh, Stephen's here And in walks this guy Who is obviously not Steven Spielberg I'll get it it's a lovely party. Just wonderful. <laughs> Everyone, say hello to Stephen. Hi, I'm Stephen. Stephen Putner. We met on the internet. <laughs> That's not Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg? What made you think he was coming? Well, you the, the thing that, that I... You, you, 
And I am upset, and Thaddeus Plus is upset. We're all sad and upset. We have sad faces. Was that a long way to go for a joke or what? Come on, everybody! That's the end of it. That's the end. Yeah, it it really was kind of a long way to get to that joke. But yes, of course, that Steven, I think, is the the same guy who's in the Please, Please, Please Get a Life Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the guy kind of eating automatic sandwiches on conveyor belts or however they were being served to him. You know, it was a, it was a funny one. It was, uh, you know, like we said, it was written by Paul Rugg. Paul Rugg makes a quick appearance in this one, too, voicing himself. Well? Ah! I thought I told you never to do that. Yeah, but you never told the writers. So then the Warners are right behind him. <laughs> no, no, stop, stop. I mean right behind him. Oh, yes, it's true. <laughs> The other writer, <laughs> the other writer that's laughing with him, um, I believe is is supposed to be John P. McCann, who doesn't really look like him that much, but I've seen him caricatured on, I think another an episode of Freakazoid as well, um, and that's how they drew him in that. So there you go. It's uh, Paul Rugg and John P. McCann just kind of laughing, and, I, and I, they both do their voices uh, right there. So you can you can. <laughs> It was nice to have them on the show. Uh, but yeah, it was, a, it was a cute episode. The animation, I guess, the only thing I didn't like about this that much was how the Warners looked sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. they looked weird. There's this part where they're, they're first entering and like to, with Ralph and his wife, or th- I think it might have been, and Wacko's in the background and he looks just weird. Like, his mouth is all crooked and it just looks sloppy. It just looked weird. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was funny. It was cute. What do you got? What do you think, Nathan? Oh, I loved it. Well, I just really liked how the continuity that they have. So like, um, Ralph's wife from like a Christmas plots. Right. And then, uh, mm-hmm. they brought back Frau house or whatever her name was from drive insaney. Um, it was really fun. Um, and then, uh, I liked Christopher Walken. Uh, he was a very funny caricature. Here, have a napkin. Please enjoy. Dance. Mingle. Go meet Christopher Walken. Hello. And uh, William Shatner not having any friends was funny. <laughs> now, sir, tell me, what makes you think your co-stars hate you? Because they do. They're constantly sniggering, jiggering, mocking, guffawing, yes, even spurbling behind my back. Yes. Did you know that Christopher Walken was in a Spielberg movie? Okay, let me think for a second to think about which one it might have been. Um, I can't think of which one it was. What one was it? Catch me if you can. Oh, huh. he played uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but he had a smaller part in that, so I could see why. I. But he was in it. He was in it. I mean, this this was yeah. this cartoon was many years before Catch Me If You Can, but I'm just I'm, you know, circling back. I got to <laughs> make that Spielberg connection. Now everybody has their Christopher Walken impressions and caricatures and things like that. But this was kind of before all of that. Um, so making fun of Christopher Walken at this point, I think, would have been uh, novel. It wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been overplayed like it kind of is today. I think we don't like to talk about Kevin Spacey anymore, but of course he did one of my favorite Christopher Walken impressions on Saturday Night Live back in '97 or something with the Han Solo fast ship. <laughs> 
I'm captain of the Millennium Falcon. Chewy here tells me you're looking for passage to the Alderaan system. Yes, indeed. If it's a fast ship. <laughs> fast ship? You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon. It's the ship that made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. She's fast enough for you, old man. That sucked. I'm sorry. I need a minute. <laughs> but that, that, I love, love that little sketch. Anyway, sketch. Anyway, uh, let's see, Kelly, any other moments in this cartoon that you thought were great? When um, the Warner siblings told her that he had told them that she was dead and she said that he had told her that they were dead and um obviously just trying to keep them apart from each other and schnauzers Percy! oh how i've missed my little schnauzers i wanted to see you again but Otto said you were dead he said the same thing about you that's how that was funny yeah the look that she gave dr scratch and sniff was pretty funny right there um, yeah, it, overall, it was just, it was cute. It was nothing bad to say about it other than, yeah, just the animation just looked a little weird sometimes, but other than that, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. I also liked, uh, Joanne in that. I thought she was funny. The Mr. Plotz's date. Where's your date? My what? Oh my! Uh, Yaku, I'd like you to meet my date, Joanne. Give me a napkin, doll face. Let's dance. She gets along with the Warners so well. Yeah, she was like, she was like a Shirley MacLaine kind of looking girl. Yeah, and she was a weirdo. I was trying to find like if that was so, based off someone, and I was like, I, I don't know. Yeah, because all the other people like he called were like actual actors. Yeah, and, like random like nobodies basically. Well, uh, I did look it up there, and yet yeah, Connie Selica was, or I think she still is, married to John Tesh. So you're actually you're absolutely right, Kelly. So there you are. I am not. I am not surprised. Yeah, this is why she's going on Jeopardy. <laughs> I, I know pop culture. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I used to religiously watch um E News and uh. Like all my Spielberg news came from, I would spend Saturday mornings watching E News Weekend Review and get all my Spielberg news. And I'd watch, inter- I would record Entertainment Tonight while I watch Jeopardy because they've always both come on at seven thirty where I live. And um, you know, now there's the internet, so I don't have to worry about it. But I, I used to record Entertainment Tonight every oh, yeah. night, and, like fast forward until I saw George Lucas or Steven Spielberg. Yep, I used to, I used to just get that v- VCR going around the Phantom Menace times and just like. Wait, they're gonna oh, they're yeah. gonna show a little bit of episode one. Oh, okay. Or watch. Yeah, e- I destroyed so many VCRs that way. <laughs> watch E with E News with Steve Kometko. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I've heard that name for ages. Uh, I wonder what happened to Steve Kometko. I think, man, that was good stuff. Why won't anyone say hello to me? So the next one is called Oh Say Can You See. And Oh Say Can You See was written by Nicholas Hollander. It was directed by Charles Vizier. And uh, yeah, this is the Star Spangled Banner. And uh, it shows the flame. The flame is back one last time. Of course, uh, voiced by Luke Ruger once again. And this time, uh, the flame is, uh, you know, right there with uh, Francis, Francis Scott Key. 
and he's witnessing the defense of Fort McHenry. Oh, writer. I work well with creative types. Say, if you need a hand, I'll be glad to pitch in. I've done this before, you know. He says the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem, of course, of the United States. And, uh, you know, they're just, it's not really any jokes in this or cameos from other characters. It just shows a lot of ships firing and it looks kind of cool. And at the very end, uh, the flame says, play ball. And the only weird thing about that, of course, is that he's being held by a guy with a puffy colonial shirt. So it's either Francis Scott Key went time traveling into the future to watch a baseball game with the flame. Um, But my personal head theory is that it is Jerry Seinfeld wearing his pirate shirt at a baseball Mm -hmm. game. But I don't want to be a pirate. (laughs) But... (laughs) But that's basically it for Oh Say Can You See. What do you guys think? Well, what are some, anything that you liked about here? This last flame cartoon, Nathan? Um, I'm glad they didn't do the second and third verse of the song because it would have been much longer. And those, it gets a little racist, I think, in those second and third verses of that song. I am totally <laughs> so. lost right there. What are the second and third <laughs> verses that they missed? Oh, uh I mean, they don't, they, they, you never hear them, but you can look it up. It's, he talks about like slavery and stuff like that. And really, the really? Third, yeah. So, wow. So, but like, it, it's basically cut out of history now, right? So we don't. <laughs> well, that is interesting. Uh, I'm going to look those up actually right now. Well, uh, well, uh, Kelly, what, what do you, anything that you like in this one? I thought that the, um, the animation of, of, you know, kind of animating the lyrics of the song was kind of cool when they were talking about the rocket's red glare. You could see, you know, I mean, you could see the bombs bursting in air, and um, I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see here. This is, uh, yep, the whole the nineteenth century version was performed on original instruments. It says, "Wow, there's a lot more to it." Yeah, there's um. On the I mean, shore, three times as long. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not even going to read the whole thing because it would be boring. But, <laughs> but yeah, I had no idea that the Star Spangled Banner was actually a much longer, much longer. Interesting. It could have made this cartoon a lot longer. But <laughs> so we learned something. We learned something today. There we are. Star Spangled Banner. Hey, you guys, it's Rob Paulson here. Um, I am so thrilled that we have the Animaniacast to continue to find a way to help me to get a freaking job. Thank you for listening. Bye. Let's go ahead and get to the, the last cartoon for today. It is the 12 Days of Christmas. And the 12 Days of Christmas was adapted by Tom Ruger, and it was directed by Charles Vazir. He directed every single cartoon on today's episode. So, there we are. Uh, well, in this one, it is the Bluebird comes back at the end. And uh, he perform- he performs at the Hollywood Bowl with the Animaniacs Orchestra. We get to see like uh, a bunch of the-, the characters that we have not seen this season, such as Marita and Flavio. And uh, let's see, we have the, the Good Feathers are in there. And uh, Slappy is conducting. And uh, it might be perhaps some continuity with three tenors and you're out. I don't know. 
But uh, the bluebird gets up there to sing the 12 Days of Christmas, and everything is turtle doves. It's very cute. And apparently, not apparently, this was based upon a time where actually Cody Ruger came home and uh, told his dad, Tom Ruger, that he had a new song that they learned at school. It's called The 12 Days of Christmas. And he sang it to him and everything was turtle doves. Um, So I, and I saw that online and I was like, is that true? Like, I'm sure it sounded true, but I, you know, once you have power in your fingertips, you have to use it, right? So I had to text Tom Ruger <laughs> and say, is that true that he, he came and was singing it after school one day? And he said, yes, he came home singing it one afternoon. And on the next day, I took him into to the session to record it. <laughs> so that's, that's how it goes. So he it was fresh uh, out of... The song, uh, Cody was, uh, doing it. So that was, that was awesome. Um, I, I didn't really understand when we had the Ruger brothers on a few months ago, back in December. Do you guys remember like when they were setting, I think we were setting up and I don't even know if it made it to the final cut. Tom was saying, okay, everybody, he's going to sing the 12 days of Christmas right now. And Cody was like, no dad, no. Um, (laughs) Wow, this is fantastic. And Cody, Cody is prepared to sing tonight, uh, today. Why are, you, is, why are you doing this tonight? Cody is prepared to sing the 12 days of Christmas as a little bluebird. Uh, uh, so I think I think you got to get him to do that. But uh, it, it just it's just a cute moment. I mean, it's just moments like this that make me say it's so cool that, you know, Tom incorporated his kids into the series the way he did. And I don't know. It just, it was just a, a cool, memorable, cute cartoon. Uh, what do you guys think? What are, what are, what did you like about this uh, 12 days of Christmas? Uh, Kelly. It, it was very brief. <laughs> it's true. Um, I, uh, and I didn't expect for him to, uh, say two turtle doves the entire time <laughs> well it wasn't just two turtle doves it was 11 turtle doves and five turtle well <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah it's everything was I, turtle doves <laughs> yeah but but at least when he got to five he he got that line you know he sang it the correct way <laughs> yes you know and, and dragged it out and, and and everything else like you're supposed to with that line but wow I, <laughs> it's not what i expected yeah uh nathan what about yeah nathan what about you it was very cute i just um you got so many turtle doves i guess uh what is that 12 like factorial or something like that it's it's a lot Uh, i I can't remember my math but i think you're right i think 12 factorial is right (laughs) 12 factorial turtle doves well 12 exclamation point 12 exclamation mark yeah that's factorial i believe and i'm not even a Math minor. I shouldn't. You should yeah. Know stuff. 
<laughs> you don't do as factorials as much. But I think that's I think that's actually multiplying them. So I think I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna say I'm off on that. So what is what is it called when you add them up? I gotta. Oh, uh, I've, tweet I've at Nathan Django yeah, FT. Let me, know, let me know what it's called when you add things in a row instead of multiplying them in a row. There we go. Get all math experts on there. And you just tweeted Django FT, not the Animated Cast, because I don't care. Okay. Well. <laughs> All right. And now for a special edition to today's podcast. Uh, Cody Ruger recently sang this very song in Animaniacs in concert over at Joe's Pub in New York City. Let's go ahead and take a listen to what happened when Cody took the stage with Randy Rogel and Rob Paulson. Six-year-old, five-year-old son, really cute kid named Cody Ruger, who's now an attorney and is here with us tonight. I want to embarrass Cody a little bit because his character saying the 12 days of Christmas. So I wanted to do it again. Now, I know your voice has changed slightly. So we brought the key a little bit down, but ladies and gentlemen, this is the Bluebird as on Animaniac singing the 12 days of Christmas, and this is Cody Rupert. <laughs> To our previously recorded discussion. Well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Kelly, let's start with you. I um, I think I'll go with three and a half. Okay. I pretty much liked everything. Um, you know, there were several segments to choose from, and I, I really did like the party and the whole Stephen running gag bit. And Nathan, what about you? Well, I'll give it three water towers because uh, I, I enjoyed all of them. But I, I mean, like the Star Spangled Banner, the Osei Kings, he was a little slow. 
and the animation was a little weak in the party one, but like, and it's probably not the best slappy score. So it's just basically an average episode. I'll say three. All right. And I will give it a three and a half. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's not a bad episode. It's, it's kind of average it, but I, I don't know. I'll, I'll give it three and a half just because the cuteness of, uh, of the Ruger kids and everything, uh, puts it up there, but, uh, not quite a four, you know, doesn't quite get up there, but it's close. It's close. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to our poll results from a few weeks ago. Uh, Nathan, what was the question that we asked the audience? All right. So the question was, um, so regardless of who voices them, which of these Animaniac segments would you most like to return for the reboot? Um, and the choices were Mindy and Buttons, Rita and Runt, Skippy and Slappy, or The Good Feathers. 10% voted for Mindy and Buttons, uh, 17% voted for Rita and Runt, 29% for The Good Feathers, and 44% for uh, Skippy and Slappy. And then you added a bunch of extra questions that I had nothing to do with. Exactly. I had nothing to do with that. But we had a uh, second... <laughs> what, what was our bonus question right there? Because so was... Your first bonus side poll was, do you uh, do you want the original voice actors to return in the upcoming Animaniacs reboot? Uh, and then 96% of the people said yes. No, no one said no. And 4% said not sure. And then... Uh, second bonus poll, uh, do you think the original voice actors will be asked to return? And uh, 48% said yes, 42% said no, or sorry, 10% said no, and 42% said not sure. So it's a, a bit split on whether people thought they would come back or not. Yeah, everybody wants them to come back, but will they? That's the thing. I, And again, I, mm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not as optimistic as... <laughs> Some of the audience members are right now when it comes to it, just because I think you you would think that they would announce that closer to the announcement of the of the series being, you know, announced, you know, with two seasons mm-hmm. like, and the original voice actors are coming back too. Um, and of course, there's negotiations and things like that. And, you know, nothing official has been said. I know that when the announcement was first made, um, some of the writers from the original series said, that they heard that, you know, all the, you know, Jess, Tress, Rob, and Maurice were all coming back. But I don't know if that's just kind of hearsay, you know, or mm-hmm. or what. Because, uh, see, yeah, I think that would be the most. Is I would be surprised if they all come back. But that would be what I would hope for. Because that's the most I could hope mm-hmm. for, I think. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that the, the people, you know, voted for, you know, they would most want to see... Uh, Skippy and Slappy return when you know Sherry Stoner has not been invited back to be a writer so chances of her being invited back to voice uh, Slappy are kind of low and of course Nathan I mean I really really like Tom Ruger's idea that he put out just of just seeing them 20 years later you know with Skippy being this deadbeat you know won't get out of the tree and just driving his his aunt crazy. I think that would be just a great premise for additional cartoons. But whatever, you know, it is what it is. We'll just we we'll just have to see. Who knows? By the there's always a chance that whenever I put out these episodes, that I'm like there might be a major announcement, and then we'll know. But we'll we'll see. I bet I bet we'll find out maybe this summer. I would think maybe we'll find out. Who knows? 
Okay, well, let's go ahead and get to the poll for this week. Nathan, what do we got? All right, best variant verse, round question mark. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, these are just four random ones. Uh, Tarzan and Janie, Nova Caney, Meet Mark Twainy, and Presidential Campaigny from today's episode. Very random, and uh, but all new. So we have to find yeah. out which one you like the most, everybody. So head on over to twitter.com slash Animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag Animaniacast poll and you can make your voice heard. All right, let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Joey. I'm on Twitter. I've been meaning to tell you. Oh. Uh, you can find me at uh, DjangoFT and I hope you will follow me. <laughs> okay, I think I do. Uh, oh, okay. I'm one of the... 40 something people that follow you so oh yeah it's 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 i'm blowing up so <laughs> get on there while you can all right he sounds good and kelly what about you i'm on twitter at yoda princess y-o-d-a-p-r-n-c-s-s or email kelly at big robot.com all right and as for the animated cast we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram we have a youtube channel and you can always subscribe to us on itunes stitcher whatever podcast player you use and uh, folks, don't forget, we have our uh, Animaniacast decal contest. If you leave a five-star iTunes review for us and email us, let us know, you know, which review you left. You can get a free decal. And, of course, we have our listener survey. When we are all done with these original Animaniacs episodes, we're going to have a break and not have a new, some new ep- episodes to talk about for a while. So go over to survey.animaniacast.com. And let us know what series you'd like us to talk about next. Is it Pinky and the Brain, Freakazoid, Tiny Toons, a combination of whatever, or, you know, all that stuff. So head on over, survey.animaniacast.com. For anything else, you could go ahead and email us, animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap.com, you should head on over there today, because when it comes to pop culture, whether it's Star Wars or Disney or... Uh, Marvel stuff or superhero stuff or movies or video games or even Animaniacs like us RetroZap.com is the place to go it has 21 different podcasts that you can listen to if you simply subscribe to the RetroZap feed you can get every one of RetroZap's podcasts delivered straight to your device including this one completely for free free stuff that's always good anyway for Nathan and Kelly this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Good night, everybody!